I'm Alex Mellaris. And I'm Tai Seifu. Happy New Year, 2022. And I gotta say, this is a great year because nothing that bad has happened yet. Which is honestly probably not true. But anyway, uh, so far, I think things are going decently well. And actually, we can we can start with the good news, the good hockey news, which I feel like there hasn't haven't been in years uh, before we get to the sad stuff. Uh, the story of of Brian Red Hamilton, Vancouver Canucks assistant equipment manager, who sent out this message via the Vancouver Canucks Twitter account yesterday uh, that reads, after he introduces himself, I'm trying to find a very special person and I need the hockey community's help. To this woman I'm trying to find, you changed my life and I want to find you to say thank you so very much. Problem is, I don't know who you are or where you are from. I do know that you were sitting behind the Canucks bench the night the Seattle Kraken played their first ever home game. That evening, October 23rd, and the message you showed me on your cell phone will forever be etched into my brain and has made a true life-changing difference for me and my family. Your instincts were right, and that mole on the back of my neck was a malignant melanoma, and thanks to your persistence and the quick work of our doctors, it is now gone. And uh, they found her. Her name is Nadia Popovici, and... The either the Canucks or the Kraken or both I don't remember who one of the teams uh, rewarded her with uh, a ten thousand dollar scholarship uh, or ten thousand dollars. Both teams actually are giving ten thousand dollars to her toward her medical school funding for what she did for Canucks assistant equipment manager Brian Red Hamilton. Yeah, I mean this was a uh, a bit of absolutely wholesome news all around this you couldn't get any better than this i mean uh, you saw the whole saga unravel uh, as it went on right um starting with you know the canucks posting it on twitter right a a real internet detective sleuthing kind of thing um right and they managed to find her on i don't know some facebook page some vegas golden knights fan no, no sorry seattle kraken uh fan page and uh yeah here we are it's it's a pretty crazy story if you think about it um that you know this woman's out here uh <laughs> able to you know spot that mole out of nowhere and he said that uh he had like the red hamilton said that he hadn't noticed the mole at all um you know prior to this and uh yeah i mean it's just it's kind of an insane story right um to, to have that awareness uh and to be you know to be like oh shit that looks like a cancerous mole um you know stay vigilant people i guess that's uh that's one moral you know of the story if you got a sus suspicious looking mole check out the no harm in uh going to see the doctor to get it checked out uh and uh you know it's uh just you know stranger helping a stranger crazy that they managed to get the the, the coach's attention to um it's just uh you know all around good vibes from the story there's there's nobody bad here except for the cancer yeah i was actually i think because hamilton mentioned actually like thank you for your persistence because I I assume it wasn't easy for her to be like, hey, hey, listen to me. When, you know, at first instinct, you could think like, oh, is this just like a fan of the other team heckling me? Um, and like, you know, someone in that situation, even if even if she suspects like, oh, is that, you know, is that a cancerous mole might be hesitant to try to do anything about being like, oh, you know, I'm sure he knows or or I shouldn't, you know, invade his privacy. He's doing a job or whatever. I don't want to, you know, be invasive. All those types of, you know, excuses you could possibly come up with in your head. But he's like, no, no, I need to I need to make sure that that if he needs my help, that I give it to him and I let him know. 
And you know what? She absolutely did the right thing. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is just the uh, the kind of cynical part of me who's like, you know, I guess you have to wonder how many people in the history would have had like an opportunity like this to be like, oh, should I say something? No, I probably shouldn't. And it goes to show, you know, it's if, if the the upside of, you know, trying to make yourself known and be like, hey, listen to me, listen to me uh, was tremendous, could have saved this guy's life. And then the downside is. I don't know, you embarrass yourself in public for 15 seconds. Right, absolutely. So, you know, this is uh, a testament to her, right? Um, to have the balls uh, to, you know, put herself out there, right? Uh, she's giving, you know, uh, medical advice, stuff like that. Um, right, it takes courage to even, to not just, you know, someone who's actually like in the game that you're watching or involved in the game, but really to anybody, especially a stranger. Um, you know, who are you to kind of like you know th there's a feeling of you know reticence almost uh like you know you maybe think to yourself well who am i to right give this kind of <laughs> to tell you hey you look like you got a cancerous mole on the back of your neck that, that that's not something that you know it's not a typical interaction and so yeah absolutely great on her for kind of breaking the uh you know the social the social what is it pressure to almost keep quiet right and you know like uh it's it takes balls as i said just now um to you know go out and speak your mind like that and uh yeah it's just it's crazy that they <laughs> crazy that they managed to cash it and, and like you know every it looks like sounds like everything's good uh with red hamilton and then you know the mole now it's removed it sounds like he's cancer free uh and uh it's just yeah it, the upside this this is the ultimate upside if you're weighing you know good versus bad um i mean like it sounds like he saved you know she saved his life um or you know who knows like because you know back of the neck that's not a place that you're typically you know like you can't see it in the mirror or anything. So it's not easy to notice. Uh, and so, you know, really her vigilance. Um, and, and, and I imagine that, you know, it was a surgery. It didn't seem to be too invasive. He said it was just the first layer of skin. Um, and so, you know, not just, not just saving his life, but you know, it sounds like he saved him also a ton of hassle um, before the, really the cancer started to progress. sounds like he was just, you know, on that first layer of skin. And so, you know, she did a, a ton of good and was, uh, you know, good on the team for, uh, you know, giving her that that reward um which you know she wasn't out for anything but it's a nice touch on on the out for the teams now that we've discussed the incredible kindness of an everyday person do we want to move on to the incredible incompetence of a number of of corporations and federations would you like to start with the national hockey league or the international ice hockey federation because we had a lot to choose from Right, yeah, no, when you when you started that segue, I was like, which which league is he gonna start talking about? Um <laughs> all right, let's start let's start with the uh the world juniors because uh you know I think that was a bit bigger news um given the outcome that, that occurred. So yeah, after you know, they tournament being held in Alberta, they had a series of positive COVID cases, surprise, surprise, um, when they were not in a bubble, they were not in a complete bubble like they were for the last world juniors. Uh and they ended up, you know. For, they started off with, you know, teams with a COVID case, started forfeiting, you know, games. I know the U.S. did at one point. Uh, I think, I don't remember the other teams, was Slovakia. Uh, and after a certain point, I think it was four games that were, you know, canceled. They said, all right, that's it. Uh, the tournament is canceled. Um, so, you know, the World Juniors cut short only after, what, three days? Uh, and, yeah, we can, we'll, we'll get into, you know, just how it seems like organizationally, and fundamentally, this was completely bungled. Every single decision, this seems like an inevitable outcome uh, f from any way you look at it. That, you know, if, if these were the procedures that you had, that the tournament was, was going to be canceled.
Yeah. Uh, I've just got to say first, Luke Tardif, new head of the IHF, is off to a terrible start. Uh, when the the women's under-18s were canceled for the second year in a row, people got mad about the double standard, rightfully so, that this World Junior Tournament, uh, the men's World Junior, was going to go on as is, and they weren't even going to try to do the women's win. And he came out with this statement uh, that did say, like, okay, fine, we've succumbed to the pressure. We'll try to do the under-18s at some point during the year. But the opening sentence was so defensive. He was like, this is not a gender issue. This is a COVID-19 issue. And we're like, oh, fuck, five paragraphs of this. No, thank you. Uh, but anyway, back to the, um, so the World Juniors, basically, last year, um, they had a bubble in the, t- in the same two cities, Edmonton and Red Deer. There were a couple positive tests at the beginning on some of the teams, but they said, well, quarantine, uh, we'll get through it, and then we'll get everyone into the bubble, and then nothing else will come in. And that's what happened, and it worked perfectly, and everyone ended the tournament safely. Uh, and it went smoothly. And they said, you know what? Last year worked so well. Let's let's not do that again. Let's let's just get more reckless. Um, and surprise, surprise, it didn't work. Uh, the players on all teams, from all I've heard, were doing their very best to stay isolated. You can understand why. Um, but apparently it was inevitable that they were coming into contact with the general public, i.e. Uh, other people in the hotel who just happened to be staying in the same hotel so there was no control whatsoever from the ihf or anyone on who these people were coming into contact to um one uh reporter i don't remember who i think someone with the the hockey news it might have been ryan kennedy i'm not sure said that he almost had a had a situation at one of the edmonton or red deer hotels we got into an elevator with two people who weren't wearing their masks and he was like do you mind putting on your mask and both of them were like oh we have a health exemption which you know one person having a health exemption is rare enough. Two who are traveling together start to get a little bit suspicious. Uh, so this, this is the type of person that was freely roaming around uh, the World Junior teams. And apparently the hotel in Red Deer, they were coming into contact with an entire wedding reception. It's like, how do you possibly expect this to go well, no matter how safe all the players are? So it didn't work. And the IHF said, who could have seen this coming? We're calling it off. And it could have been so easily avoided if they said, you know that thing that worked super well last year that we did? Let's just do it again. But they, they decided not to. They decided, no, we th- we feel like, oh, we got to move on from this pandemic stuff now by pretending that it doesn't exist. And uh, it's backfired on them just like it backfires on everyone who thinks that way. Yeah, and, and the stupidity is, you know, like, it seems that they got one part right, which is, you know, they were very strict with, you know, postponing the games, right? One COVID case, all right, let's scratch the game, whatever, call it a forfeit, whatever you want. And I don't have a problem with that. Right. Like we want that kind of we want that from our other leagues. We want that from the NHL we want that from the other professional leagues that have, you know, very loose restrictions and, and loose protocols, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but, you know, the IHF, they, they kind of got it right there. Right. You know, they were strict about it. And it seemed like they were taking it seriously, which makes it all the more mystifying as to why they couldn't take everything else seriously. And if, you know, you've got these strict protocols uh, for, you know, postponing games, but you're not taking the prevention seriously at that point. Yeah, it's you're destined to cancel the tournament, at which point you're wasting everybody's time and money. What are you doing? Um, This was inevitable, right? Like if you have, you don't have the bubble, you have, you know, employees uh, and staff able to, you know, go back to their families uh, after, like, you know, during the tournament and you don't have that bubble. And as you said, you know, you have the people, (laughs) random people, the public, just, you know, in the hotels, you know, the wedding reception, whatever. It's, there's no way you look at the state of COVID right now, uh, you know, 
raging on harder than maybe ever before in this pandemic that you were going to manage to get, you know, you're, you're going to, you managed to get away with just a few cases uh, when you're talking about teams and rosters and, you know, federations of people with, you know, hundreds of people, right. That are involved. Uh, it's just <laughs> the math doesn't check out there at all. You're bound to get a case. You're bound to get a bunch of cases. Um, if you don't have that airtight bubble, they did not want to make that seal. Um, I, you know, they didn't want to put that money, but ironically, it's going to cost them even more money to have this whole thing canceled. Um, so, you know, it's just an incredible lack of foresight and, you know, it, it sucks for the players, right? It sucks for, for really everybody involved. And it's all because they were unable to organize this thing properly. I don't understand. How do you, it, it's still like, it's, you know, it's one of, like one of those design decisions that manages to pass through, you know, multiple checks and multiple layers of approval. It's like, how did this plan get through multiple layers of approval? It's so stupid. It's not even, you know, it doesn't even save you that much money because it's bound to fail. Um, you really think, you know, like that you're going to go through an entire two weeks when you have regular contact with the public in the middle of a pandemic in a place like Alberta, uh, you know, with the pandemic raging on, you, you were never, this was never going to succeed. There was not a chance in hell with these protocols. And yeah, nobody should be surprised. Honestly, if we had taken a closer look how they were going to work things um, that, you know, this, this tournament like didn't even get through a week of its games. Yep. Uh, which is very disappointing. The world juniors, I feel like I was kind of like, you know, a warm hug during the holiday season for, for me and many others. Uh, sadly, it was not to be only a couple days. You said they are apparently thinking about having the same tournament later this year. Hopefully it would be in a bubble. I don't know what the logistics would be. If it would be like, you know, during during the summer or something after everyone's done their seasons if they're gonna be required to come with the exact same teams just pick up from where they left off i don't know uh but i was uh before the world dreams were canceled looking forward to talking about them this episode because this would have been uh this would have been quarterfinals day um and you know really gearing up for for the final stretch of the tournament and i would like to at least talk about uh, a little bit of what we did see at the World Juniors because that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we got an Owen Power hat trick uh, in the first Team Canada game against Team Czechia, as they're now known, which was apparently the first hat trick of his career ever, um, dating back to I don't know when. I assume he probably had one playing Adam or whatever. Uh, and then Connor Bedard, 16 years old, which, by the way, I said he was only the third Team Canada player ever to... Um, to be 16 i don't think that's true i think he's just the third youngest but he's the uh like seventh 16 year old or something to play for team canada uh, anyway he scored four goals in the 11 to 2 win against austria which is absolutely insane for someone that young uh and i was looking forward to seeing both the two of them carry on forward in the tournament in their quest for gold but it was not to be yeah no uh it looked like can yeah, early on um they were looking good right they were looking like uh, a team, a typical Team Canada, and uh, you know the Connor Bedard show uh, was was crazy. You know for uh, for every for you know the fact that sound like sounded like the coaching staff didn't have complete faith in him. You know uh, early in the exhibition games, it was like thirteenth forward and shit like that. Um, but uh, yeah, he came to show why he is the you know third youngest or fourth whatever sixteen um, year old uh, on Team Canada. And uh, yeah, there it was. Uh, it was shaping up to be. Uh, you know we're looking at. How far were they going to go? But this team was, uh, you know, loaded with depth, top to bottom, including a goaltending. And uh, yeah, they were showing it early on, and they were—they looked like they were on their quest for gold. 
Yep. Uh huh. I found Bedard like he kind of reminds me a bit of John Tavares in some ways, in that like you don't use like yeah he has a lot of skill obviously, but you tend to see him succeed more uh, in making smart plays rather than you know dancing around everybody, and it's kind of like uh, when he scores, it feels like anybody could have done that because he makes it so easy to just you know be in the right position, have the right instincts. And to do it so young, remember Connor McDavid was in this tournament when he was 16 and it did not go very well for him or Team Canada that year, at least on like a personal stat level. I think he had like three or four points in the seven games, uh, which, you know, is about what you'd expect from a 16 year old in Canada finishing fourth. And someone actually, they mentioned this on TSN a couple of times, asked McDavid, like, what advice would you give to a 16 year old in this tournament? And he said, stay off social media. And I don't know if Bedard, he did that advice or not. But it seemed like he was, uh, you know, just totally unfazed by the the massive stage he was on. And I know, of course, a very small sample size. You don't want to say, oh, Bedard's better than McDavid now after after two games at the World Juniors. But I don't think it's out of the question, uh, based on the hype and the output at similar ages, that he could end up near that level of, of player. Yeah, absolutely. I think the vision uh, that he's already displaying, right? Like, and, and the game speed, uh, he really seems to be up there, right? And for, for you know, a tournament where he's playing against people and playing with players that are what two, three years older than him, uh, at a stage where you know those years mean big things in terms of development. Um, it's uh, yeah, I mean, this guy's already clearly. Uh, we're talking about what two drafts from now, um, the the early favorite, uh, to be you know a lottery pick, um, and you know. It shows why, right? He's got that maturity uh, in his game where, you know, he does have that skill. But yeah, as you said, um, he knows where to be. He's got the game smarts to go with it. Uh, and at a level that you really don't see for a 16-year-old. Uh, and, you know, he, he knows how to be in the right place at the right time. And the game doesn't seem to be too fast for him. Um, and that's something we see a lot, right? With these, you know, just, just players playing in uh, levels that are, you know, with players that are older than them. Whether it's, you know, very young prospects uh, coming into the league or, you know, young players in, in, in the juniors like this uh it's uh that's it's it's really what's really impressive about Connor Bedard is that uh yeah he, he he seems already up to game speed um for a tournament of like 19 year olds yeah so Connor Bedard is the eighth 16 year old to play for team Canada this tournament I want to know how many of the other seven you can name and then I want to talk a little bit about one of them okay um so we have Connor McDavid um we have, let's see, there is Wayne Gretzky, right? Uh, yes. Hmm. Am I counting? Uh, am I counting Connor? <laughs> my counter counting sure. Connor Bedard? Uh, sure. With, with Bedard, it's eight. Okay, with Bedard at eight, so I'm at three. Uh, I know Crosby was there. Um, yeah, that gives me four. Um, I was just listening to the SCP, so I know Jason Spetz is one of them. Um, yeah. Uh, man, who are the others? Was uh hmm, was John Tavares my sixteen year old? Nope. No. Okay. Uh hmm. What am I at? Five, six. You got five. Yeah, three more. Hmm. Three more. Who would it be? Okay. All right. I think I'm done. Unless I'm, I'm okay. An obvious one. The last three right. are Jay Bomeister. Okay. In the year 2000, Eric Lindros in the year 1990, and Bill Campbell. Have you ever heard of Bill Campbell? 
<laughs> no idea. I want to talk about Bill Campbell. Okay. Uh, that was in 1981. I've got Bill Campbell's very interesting. And I I had heard of him. On the TSN World Junior pre-tournament show, they showed this list. And then James Duthie was like, Bill Campbell. Interesting because uh, he's by far the least known of the bunch. He's never even played in the NHL. Uh, Craig oh. Button, would you like to talk about him a little bit? And basically, this was back when Team Canada was represented at the World Juniors by the junior team that won the Memorial Cup the year before. So he wasn't actually like one of the best ah. players. He was just uh, very young and happened to be on the Memorial Cup winning team, which at the time was the Montreal Juniors. Um, and then Craig Button goes on and on talking about like, oh, Billy Campbell, what a great defenseman. He thought the game so well. And he just goes on to praise this player. Uh, and I was like, can we get to the part where you explain like, why maybe like it didn't work out for him in the NHL and he ended up playing you know, a bunch of his career and well, all his career in the minors, he played the AHL a bunch, uh, but he didn't. But here's the fun thing about uh, Bill Campbell is that I've actually met him before and he lives extremely close to me. Uh, we are <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. We are, way. Uh, my mom actually used to take a painting class taught by his wife and I went to elementary school with his daughter. Uh, and I've met him a couple times, and he seemed very nice. And I think I actually have a hockey card uh, from him playing in uh, in the AHL. I have it somewhere. Uh, so yeah, I know one of the only sixteen uh, year olds who ever played for the World Junior Team, and he is like a six minute walk from my house. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's borderline insane. Um, not only <laughs> one of the not only one of the sixteen year olds, but notably the most unknown. Of the <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's an achievement unto itself. Uh, so yeah, okay, all right. Lots of lots of connections to you, Bill Campbell. Yeah. Eh? That's uh, okay, interesting. Um, that is wow. All right. Do you, do you have any special insight for, uh, about Bill Campbell that that uh, Craig Button couldn't provide the audience? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Craig Button, I'm sure knows far more about his playing style than I do. Although. If I wanted to, I could probably go ring his doorbell and be like, hey, can we chat about your playing style? And he'd be like, oh, maybe another time. Uh, so I guess I suppose that's something Craig Button can do. I'm in All right, there we go. close proximity uh, <laughs> distance wise. Unfettered access. That's crazy. Uh, we, got a, we, got, we got ourselves an insider. Uh, and yeah, it looks like he even scored a point uh, at, at the world. Am I, am, I, am I reading that wrong? Um, yeah, he's got one assist in five on games. Team. Yep. There we go. Attaboy. Uh, so uh, there we go. You learn something every day. And for me, it's that Bill Campbell is a 16-year-old uh, and that you are, let's say, closely related to him. My, that, that might be exaggerating. You're <laughs> not actually related. <laughs> but I'll say it anyways. Right. But uh, we'll, we'll say so anyways. In, in Relatively speaking, compared to other hockey players of his magnitude, um, you might as well. Might as well say that. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's the fun bit of lore in my life uh, as it relates to the World Juniors. I, when it came on, I was watching the show. I actually, I called my parents and like, hey, they're talking about Bill Campbell. They're talking about Bill Campbell. And I like, they're talking about my neighbor watch. on TV. Yeah, they're talking about our neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, what do you know? Any any other uh, hockey celebrities that we should know of that live in your, your corner of the block? Uh, I cannot think of any. Uh, well, I mean, you've you've met a hockey celebrity as well. You met Marco Scandella one time when you were a, a wee lad. 
That's true. That's true. Uh, he pulled up to the elementary school. Um, although I got to say, Bill Ca- the Bill Campbell cloud is much higher than the Marcos Candela cloud because uh, uh, Marcos Candela did not play in the World Juniors at age 16 for Team Canada. So uh, there's no way around it. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe you'll meet, I know Devin Levi or Devin Levy. Do, do, do we remember how we pronounce his name? He comes from around. Uh, uh, I think it's Levy. Yeah, too, yeah so he it's does. Like, yeah, he does come from uh, from my suburb. I never met him before, but I think uh, I think we went to high school with some people who had come across him. Some of the hockey players. Uh, wow, which makes one sense degree separation. Our age. Uh, so yeah, world junior legend Devin Levy, who's now a Buffalo Sabres prospect, actually after that Sam Reinhardt trade. Uh, so you got to feel for him a little bit in that respect. Uh, have I ever talked on here? <laughs> our condolences. Uh, <laughs> our condolences, Devin. <laughs> have I ever talked on here about the two hockey player autograph signings I went to? And so, like, I players so. I met? No. All right. I, go I will you. now. So the, the first one was at, uh, I think it was like a Sport Russo, which is, you know, one of those, like, hockey equipment stores. Uh, not that far from where I live. It was in two, 2012, I think. And there were two p- hockey players signing autographs. One of them was at the time NHLer Louis LeBlanc of the Montreal Canadiens, who was coming off of his rookie season, the 11-12 year, or sort of rookie season. He played most of the games, I think. Um, the team had sucked that year. They finished third last. Uh, but he was there. He was signing stuff. And he was with Ryan Culkin, who you probably have never heard of. He was going to be drafted that upcoming 2012 draft. And there was like a sign or like someone there who was kind of, you know, talking to people in line, ushering or whatever you want to call it. Who was like, he's projected to go in one of the first two rounds. He ended up getting drafted in the fifth round. But anyway, uh, I met Louis LeBlanc. I think they had, I had like a, oh, I had like a little Montreal Canadiens puck that had gotten at a game I went to. And I was like, yeah, you can sign that. And my dad, I think, or my mom was like, what are you going to, what are you going to say to him? And I was like, I'm going to tell him that he has the same birthday as Wayne Gretzky. And uh, <laughs> I, because he did. Uh, so I, right. so I, when I got up to him, I immediately, I had second thoughts. I'm like, I shouldn't tell him that. That would be stupid. <laughs> but one of, one of my parents okay. though, I don't remember which one. If I thought really hard, maybe I could, was like, what did you want to tell him? And I was like, fuck, I got to say it now, don't I? And I was like, <laughs> did you know you have the same birthday as Wayne Gretzky? And he was like, no, I didn't. But he was, I remember him being like pretending to be interested, but being a, a really bad actor. Uh, and I, I could even tell at that point at that age. Um, and yeah, that's the extent of the memory. I still have the signed puck upstairs in my room, signed by Louis LeBlanc, who is number 71. Uh, and Ryan Culkin, on his part, it's actually funny. I don't remember talking to him at all, but I do know he was drafted by the Calgary Flames in the fifth round with the pick that Montreal sent to Calgary in the Michael Camilleri trade. So there's your Habs connection. Uh, that's the first one. Do, do, do you have any thoughts on this day in my life before I move on to number two? <laughs> okay, many questions. First of all, so so you did get did you get something signed by Ryan Culkin, um, or did you just go uh, for the Louis LeBlanc line? I well, I think my sister had like they were giving out random pictures of Ryan Culkin. It was like you can get these signed. I think my sister took one and has like the Ryan Culkin signed photo somewhere. All right, so shout out to him. Um, but yeah, the, the mystery is really um, was Louis LeBlanc not interested, or did he already know? Um, and uh, <laughs> I imagine also, he knew. I find it hard to believe that a think? hockey player 
at no point in his life would come across Wayne Gretzky's birthday and be like, oh, it's my birthday too. See, but I, I've never come across Wayne Gretzky's birthday, birthday, and so, you know, what do do you happen to remember what it is? Let me let me look this up real quick. It's January twenty sixth, and I feel like every oh, year on January twenty sixth, wow. hockey people are like, "Hey, Gretzky's whatever, fucking fifty six this year or whatever." <laughs> do they? Do people care about Wayne Gretzky's birthday? I had some. I, I people bring it up. I feel like I we're. Imagine. I feel like. I feel like a society has moved past wishing celebrities <laughs> yeah. happy birthday. You know, no, no, not, not just Wayne Gretzky, but not just Wayne Gretzky, but celebrities in general. I feel like that was a thing that happened, like you know, in the early 2010s. But like, yeah, I'm not I saying even, it's I like barely even see it on Twitter time. anymore. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, that's not something that I generally partake in, but I feel like maybe it is. I feel like it definitely is either becoming less and less common, or I just associate myself less and less with that type of person who goes Wayne Gretzky's birthday today let's all take a moment to honor the great one <laughs> right okay so we'll see we'll test this experiment out as you says January 26th so it's only what three and a half weeks away we'll see let yeah. me know if you <laughs> I don't know if we'll remember on the 26th but if you do <laughs> see any uh, well wishes to Wayne Gretzky um, you know on the timeline just uh, let us know let us know I'll be on the lookout who knows? Maybe I'll tweet one out myself. Um, remains to be seen. But uh, okay, all right. So, so now I know Louis LeBlanc's birthday too by association. And so, uh, yeah, I, that's that's the extent of my thoughts. Would you like to proceed with your second uh, autograph? Yeah. Story? Well, actually, January twenty sixth was also a special hockey day for me because when I back when I used to play, that was the day I scored my first ever goal, and I remember it extremely wow. vividly. Uh, and it was a three. The game ended in a three-three tie, so my goal was very vital in ensuring that tie point. But okay, anyway, you got that point. You got that standing point. Hell yeah, big dubs. Yeah, the next one was uh, a much more notable event because PK Subban oh. was signing autographs at the nearby Provigo, uh one day, and I think it was like it must have been like December or like December twenty twelve or early January twenty thirteen. Because it was right before the lockout shortened season started, and he still didn't have a contract for the upcoming season, which I wasn't really super aware of at the time. Uh, but there was a pretty long line, and apparently, not everyone in line actually got the chance to see him before things wrapped up, which is, of course, uh, disappointing. Um, but I was one of the lucky ones. I was with uh, with my friend, and my sister, and my mom, and my friend's mom, and we got there, and. Have you ever heard of uh, bleacher creatures? Excuse me? <laughs> no. It's I have bleacher not. creatures. All right. I'd recommend looking it up because it's kind of like a plush uh, athlete. But it's like they're specific athletes that they just make plushes of that kind of look like them. Uh, and I went to like the NHL store in New York at one point, And I had, I had one of, I have one of Jonathan Taves. I have one of Carey Price. And I have one of PK Subban and we, my sister and I both made the decision together. I think, Hey, you know what? PK Subban should sign this doll of himself. Uh, so that's what we brought to him. He signed it and he seemed really happy to do it. And he, he thought it was funny. He was like, Oh yeah, this is not every day you get to sign, you know, a doll of yourself. I don't think he actually said that. And my mom told me, my mom told me, uh, 
tell him to have a great season. This wasn't right in front of him. This was like a couple rows back or whatever. He was like, you know, it would be nice if you told him, have a nice season or something like that. Uh, so I did as we were leaving. I said, have a great season. And then he winked at me and then he won the Norris Trophy. So I'm just oh going to take God. full credit for that. That's it. That's it right uh, there. I'm pretty sure I'm the reason <laughs> that he won the Norris Trophy in 2013 because I, I wished him I wished him luck. Holy shit. He knew. He knew that. That was the... The little final boost that he needed to put him yep. over the edge, win that noise. That's that's what that wink was about. Um, so it's confirmed. It's what's the opposite of a voodoo doll? Um, a doo doll? I don't know, but it's whatever you Doo-voo. got him to sign. Clearly, <laughs> I don't know. Just 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 swapped out the letters. They swapped out the syllables. Um, but uh, you know, those voodoo. Yeah, Duvu doll, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, you know, typically you got a doll of yourself. That's kind of you know a bad omen, right? You stick uh whatever you like, you know, you scratch or you poke it or whatever. Uh, whatever you did the opposite of that with this Suban doll. Um, which by the way, small dolls of celebrities. I I'm not with this. I'm not with. I can't be for this. Uh, it, it's inherently creepy. I find. Uh, also I looked on their website. It's a bit overpriced too. I'm looking at a 20 inch gritty flick figure. It costs fifty dollars. Who's out here buying this? Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think these were that expensive. And I have to say, I am now at this point in my life on team uh, no celebrity dolls. That's unnecessary. Uh, yes. But at the time, I was like, oh yeah, this, these are kind of kind of fun to have. I have these three. Fair. Obviously, Jonathan Taves yeah. at this point in my life would be extremely far down the list of players I want. Maybe I'll look into to selling that one. That this is the first time oh, I ever yeah. thought of that. Just hold on to Carrie and PK. We'll see. It's a, it's, a, it's collectible at this point. But yeah, I'm on the uh, official Bleacher Creature website um, where they have all these all these players for sale. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it, especially the players. It's a bit too creepy for my taste. Um, you know, like you got, if you have like if you had a montage of, you know, some crazy person, uh, you know, wishing one of them players bad luck front and center would be one of these dolls and they've got like knives sticking out of it or some shit. Um, so <laughs> and before this, but in this instant, but in this instance, you know, seems like you really worked some magic, got PK exactly what he needed for that Norris season. And so, you know, he's got, he might as well just send you the trophy at this point. Um, <laughs> if he listens to the podcast, uh, he can give you at least, or at least half of it, half credit. Um, he can take half, you'll take half. And uh, yeah, it sounds like, that's a that's a pretty good story. That's a pretty good story, which is uh, I won the Norris Trophy back in 2013. Pretty good. Yeah. Or if he doesn't want to give up the trophy, he could send me like a decent chunk of his earnings on that contract I help him get. Why not? Seventy-two yeah, million exactly. dollar deal. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I'll oh, take yeah. like ten to fifteen percent of it. I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah, you know, or just take the agent's cut. You know, three percent, whatever. It's still it's still <laughs> still not a bad deal. <laughs> Nobody's getting shafted here. All right. Uh, so yeah, they, how do we even get here onto the autograph section of things? Um, no idea, but uh, I was, I think it was, I was, we were talking about Bill Campbell and like hockey players. Uh, I know. There we go. There we go. And so you personally, you, you more than know PK Subban, you helped him win the Norris trophy. This is, uh, best of friends, best of friends. Yep. No, we're super tight. Can't believe I he actually he's been asking me if he can come on our podcast, and I said mm, I don't know, maybe one day. We're kind of very busy with serious yeah. matters. Yeah. <laughs> we're fully booked on celebrity guests here on this podcast. They just they just keep rolling into the door. So PK Zuban, 
Sorry, you're 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 a C lister defenseman at this point in your career. You'll have to Oof. wait. Ouch. Um, you already. You're, <laughs> Maybe I just need you're to, already, to, already, to uh, have a great season again, and all of a sudden he'll be back to Norris caliber. Maybe. Maybe that's it. You know, send him some fan mail. Send him some fan. fan send him yeah. the doll in the mail. If you're if you're not attached anymore, maybe maybe uh, things will turn up for Mister Slewfoot. Oof, Mister Slewfoot. Are we really ending the PK segment on that note? <laughs> yeah, I had to take a shot. I had to take a shot. All right, sorry. PK. Okay. That's that's on me. My bad. Uh, I understand if you like kindness. one of the hosts of this podcast more than the other. <laughs> yeah. Maybe kind my kindness has inspired him to donate ten million dollars to the Children's Hospital. Oh my God! Wow, what a we're we're drawing many lines here. So, uh, Alex, you might as well put it on your CV at this point. Uh, Norris <laughs> Trophy winner, philanthropist. Uh, it's just it's uh, ah, it's uh, looking on the up and up. You know, yeah. After this podcast, then you got to go uh, hit that Word document for a couple minutes. You know, plug those in. Yeah, uh-huh. I have not updated my get CV a promotion since uh, since last May when I needed it to get a job, and then I got one. And it's great. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, we were going to talk a little about, about the NHL itself, believe it or not. Uh, and specifically, I want to talk about the Habs because I feel like they are currently the shining example of the NHL botching things as they relate to COVID. Not only that, I feel like the NHL isn't even trying to pretend they're doing the right thing anymore. Uh, I was watching uh, yesterday the Habs-Panthers game which was at 1 p.m. in Florida. And on TSN, they were talking before the game, like, so why are they going along, going through with this game, despite the fact that over half the Canadians' roster is in COVID protocol? Uh, they have, like, seven NHL players on the team, if we're being generous. Uh, and that's clearly the right thing to do to shut it down, no? But apparently, well, they didn't say that. What they said was there are a lot of factors that go into deciding if a game should be postponed. And one of them is how easy it would be to reschedule it. So just so we all understand the implications of that, it basically means that uh, player safety is not at the top of our mind or that if it's going to be hard or impossible to reschedule a game and make sure we all have the nice round 82 game number that everyone loves so much, then we're willing to take a risk of having a couple more players get sick. Yeah, I mean it's it's completely fucking insane. Uh, NHL doesn't have uh, it's it's shit together at all, right? It's got all of its priorities all out of whack. Uh, and you know, they're out of all the solutions that you could come up with to uh, the Habs becoming essentially an AHL team, um, not postponing it and letting it play out with you know when you with a team that has undergone an outbreak. Uh, seems like not the optimal one, and it's one of the worst, I would argue. Um, there's just, you know, th- there's so much work around that that can be done um, to, you know, in a, in a more safe and timely manner uh, that isn't actively dangerous to these players. Um, and the NHL seems to be actively against it. Uh, and, you know, this this goes for that game. It's, it's, you know, unwillingness to postpone many of these games that are aren't conveniently rescheduled um but also you know with their new protocol uh that they've that they've instituted right asymptomatic players only have to you know be in the protocol for five days uh after they test positive for covid so think about that they only you know a covid positive player is only out for five days that's less than a week uh and then they can be back as if nothing happened uh and 
yeah, this is this is doing absolutely nothing to slow down, you know, the crazy number of cases out in the, in the NHL right now among its players. Uh, but instead, it's like, you know, we got to get that 82 game threshold, which is a arbitrary and b not, you know, you don't have to have everybody play the same number of games. Um, people will understand it's a global pandemic. You know, it's not that serious to uh, have a, all 82 games played. Yeah. Uh, and they were actually playing short, even with, you know, guys like Corey Schoenman and Cameron Hillis and Raphael Harvey Bernard called up to fill in the gaps. They were playing with 11 forwards and five defensemen, two skaters short. I uh, didn't have a full roster. And just, you know, it feels like it feels barbaric. And it doesn't feel like it kind of it is barbaric that you wouldn't you think back into like, you know, the olden days when they would have when they would like gather, you know, all the common folk to like watch the two horsemen or whatever, like fight to the death and like oh whoever kills the other one with the sword first wins and obviously that's an extreme example but what's happening here is basically uh, a mass gathering to watch these people play a sport uh, at the great risk of you know getting sick and then spreading the disease to others for the purpose of uh, you know profit and measly entertainment for for people and I just I was I'm very aggravated with uh, you know the masklessness particularly in that Florida arena, but it's happening everywhere, mostly in the United States. Uh, and it's a big reason why all, all these factors combined together, the COVID related ones mostly are a big reason why a lot of people are just losing interest in hockey. Even hockey fans, they're just like, you know, their hearts aren't really in it anymore. They're like, you know, what am I getting out of this of watching a, like half a roster uh, where a bunch of the players are sick limp towards what the playoffs where you know it's just gonna keep happening uh and yeah i kind of i understand that i feel that as well with the world juniors getting canceled with the Habs roster a lot of other rosters getting decimated with every day i you open the nhl app or you open our our fantasy league and you see a bunch of games are postponed it's like what are we doing this what are we here for yeah absolutely it seems increasingly meaningless right um and for all these, you know, these, these hockey games and if without meaning, well, what's the point of watching as a sports fan, right? It's just like, you know, at that point, you're just like, what, watching a bunch of people who aren't, you know, the peak of anything uh, athletically, but also, you know, <laughs> you're actively watching a potentially, you know, a COVID outbreak, you know, underway uh, on your TV screen, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Both, you know, within the players, you don't know what that's about among the, among the staff. And yeah, as you said, you know, with all those maskless fans in attendance, uh, you think about it, right? They're all huddled together for, you know, three hours at a time in an indoor venue. Uh, sounds like the worst possible kind of environment uh, for, you know, for COVID after everything we've learned about the disease. Um, it's like you're, it's like a recipe for failure. Uh, and, yeah, it, it becomes, you know, you know, both ethically hard to watch, but also it's just hard to be interested, right? It's like, you know, who yep. gives a shit? Um, and, you know, when, you know, like half the teams are out, it's like, you know, it's like I'm watching AHL teams. Like, what was it? The, the, cap, the Habs cap hit, right? But that one game was $22 million. That's all you need to know about the quality of the team there, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's, 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 yeah, you're right. You lose interest as a hockey man. It's like, why, why do I even want to watch this? Why do I want to invest the time, uh, the attention into something that uh, is inherently stupid? Wow, I not thought of that cap hit. Uh, but yeah, you look at that team, you're like, yeah, Druan, Suzuki, Savard, Kulak, Caulfield, 
Paquette. I'm listing off NHL players. Do we want to count Kale Clegg as seven? Do we want to count Sammy Niku as eight? Maybe Paling is in that group. And, you know, it kind of, you feel like you, you I got, if you had told me before the year, like, oh, we'd be making fun of, uh, you know, a decimated Habs team or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. We're making it like, we're, remember, this started off like the worst start in Habs history. And they didn't have any anyone in COVID protocol at that point. And uh, this is obviously a very minor minor detail, but it's like you know, looking back on this season, this half season when it's done, it's gonna be very hard, or it's gonna feel very mean spirited to call like, oh yeah, what a terrible team. When we see now that for at least a month, and honestly, probably moving forward, uh, they're going to be decimated from COVID, and it won't be an accurate representation of of what the team is. And they're obviously not the only team that that that's an issue for. Right. It's, it's And it's hard to form any sort of opinion on them, right? Which was part of why it feels so stupid to watch it, right? So what are you what are you going to take away from get, watching them get beat down by the Panthers? Oh, they've got a bunch of COVID players. Like, great. That's, that, that's what I took out from that game, right? And that's all you really can take out from the game. Um, you know, there's no, you know, you can't, as you said, you can't kick, you can't kick at them um, because they're a shitty team because... Because of the circumstances, right? <laughs> After damn team is uh, lost to COVID. So there's no fun in being like, haha, the Habs stink. Um, because, well, you know, no matter how good this roster was, if ha- they lost most, of, <laughs> they lost the vast majority of their good players, their NHLers. Um, well, yeah, that, that that goes for anything that, you know, the, the, they'll inherently suck. Um, so, you know, they, and what do we get out of sports? Anyway? Like, you know, like everything that we want to get out of sports, uh, the entertainment, the ability to, you know, form narratives and whatnot. Uh, you can't get it at all other than, you know, it's, oh, there's COVID. Like, so, you know, that's, that sucks, right? It's not interesting at all. Yep. Uh, before we started this episode, you told me you had a trivia for me, uh, as was the plan. And you also told me uh, it was incredibly boring and bad. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to... <laughs> To seeing what the topic is. Are you ready to get going on that? Okay, all right. Yeah, so I don't think there's uh yeah, there's no other news uh to go around, right? So yeah, it's been uh it's been very well, lucky. Obviously, COVID has been yeah. One final piece of news. Uh Minnesota traded Will Bitten to St. Louis for Nolan Stevens. Oh, and also, uh the Senators signed their first round pick, Tyler Boucher, tenth overall to his entry level deal. Uh you might remember him as the one who's trash and it was a tremendous reach <laughs> and yep. w- wasn't invited to the team USA world junior preliminary camp. And no one was even that surprised about it. And this year uh, as an 18 year old at Boston university, he has three points in 17 games. And they said, it sounds like an ELC to us. <laughs> Very funny. Excellent management by the auto siders. Uh, good to see they're still up to their old ways. Uh, and uh, yeah, shout out to shout out to Will Bitten, former, former Habs draft pick. Good to see he's still kicking around and alive. Um, all right. So, yeah, the quiz. The quiz, the quiz, the quiz. Um, is uh all right, so my thought process, all right, we're gonna we're gonna let's take this group of players that were in the world juniors that was so uh that was canceled, and let's make a little trivia out of it. And then I thought, and then I couldn't really think of any 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 apt trivias. So I just thought, you know what? We gotta guess who coming up next week. You need practice, I guess. Who's so? Uh, let's go with a one-person guess who kind of deal, except with the uh, <laughs> the players of the World Juniors. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
So uh, this can go as many rounds as you want. I have uh, the players picked out already. Uh, and uh, we can set a question limit, like yes or no questions. You got to you gotta zero in on the player before you uh, before the number of questions runs out. Okay, can these players be on any of the World Junior teams? Be on any of the 10 nation teams. Um, okay, so, so uh, a lot of these players I know next to nothing about on the likes of, unlike half the teams, I know next to nothing about most of the players. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, I, I made sure not to take uh, anybody that was a complete scrub. Um, I wasn't like, all right, I'm. <laughs> I didn't see some random name, and I was like, all right, he, he definitely won't get this one. Let me pick it. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's my hint to you. They're they're generally, I would say, known players, um, relatively okay. speaking. Okay, this is interesting. So so you said, is there like an amount of questions that I have in order to guess a player? Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, hmm. So what's the number? How many? Uh, yeah, what's the number? That's an excellent question. Uh, should we set it at six? Is that too few? Probably. Six sounds, six sounds okay. I think six sounds okay? Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think six know. should. Six should be okay. good. All right. Six? Maybe seven, right, actually, and, uh, now that I think of it. Okay. Maybe All seven. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it. <laughs> okay, we'll do seven, and then uh, we'll 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 do uh, how many rounds? Six rounds? Is that sounds good? Six rounds? Is that too many? Six rounds, seven guesses each. Forty-two questions okay. upcoming. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. C- consider this practice free practice for next week, um, because uh, it seems like you Gee, need thanks. it. I think I swept. Oh, oh, oh! We're talking about these these end of episodes segments. Do you do you remember who won the 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 poll last week for the uh oh yeah it was you by a slight margin oh it was you by a slight margin i think 58 (laughs) percent or something like that uh and i was talking to you after the episode uh that i am still extremely extremely confident my team was much better than yours where i think i went wrong though was picking uh songs that aren't very well known uh and that you know the popular the 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 lay the average lay person the common folk may not recognize such heightened music as Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher, and Little St. Nick. Yeah, you know, I think if you had, with, with, a, with a couple of those picks, if you had gone a bit more well-known, you might have trounced me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did go for the big names. Whether that was to, to as a net positive or a net negative, we'll never know. Uh, but uh, yeah, shout out to the We'll do it again next one. year. Another... We'll do another Christmas <laughs> song draft next year. Okay, that's what we're endeavoring to do. Uh, all right, sounds yeah. good. Uh, you'll, you'll you'll get another crack at it. Um, yeah. <laughs> see if you can improve from your first performance. All right. Although although I gotta say, I don't know how much the results will change, considering that there probably won't be any new Christmas songs coming out from here until you know we, December twenty fifth. So <laughs> we can make it so we can make it so Just we can't redraft. reuse any songs we drafted this past year. We can say oh it's got to be a new right. set of twelve. Okay. All right. We'll be we'll be reaching into the Christmas song depth charts um for that one. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll 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 book that one for like 51 and then as, weeks. But from as, now. Soon, um, as soon as yeah. songs hit their UFA in eight years, then we can bid on them. Like okay. free agents. All right, well yes. We'll we'll redraft them actually, um, into our second league. Um <laughs> we can we can <laughs> all right. 
So uh, it's done. Sounds like we've made this somewhat of an annual thing, is the plan at least. Uh, and uh, I take year one. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, let's let's begin with a quiz. Um, if if unless you have any other questions to be, before we start. Nope. Go. Let's go ahead. So I just you pick a player and I just start guessing. Yeah. All right. I have picked a player. All right. Is this player on one of the teams that has won a gold medal in the past three years, which is Canada, USA, Finland? Okay, narrowing it down quick. Yes, the player is on that one of those teams. Nice. Um, Is the player a forward? No, player is not a forward. All right. Um, is the player, uh, see, cause I want to narrow down the team, but I, like, it feels like I don't want to go two and one. Oh, what should I do? And I don't have a list in front of me either, which I guess I could pull up the roster if I wanted to. Am I allowed to do that? I guess I am allowed to do that. Right. Go for it. Okay. Nice. Uh, but I won't waste too much time. I'll just go. Is your, is this player on team Canada? No. All right, so I got to pull up Team USA and Team Finland, defensemen and goalies. How many questions am I at? Got three questions. All right, so I got four more to narrow this down. Let's go. Uh, Let's take a look. Taking a look. And I don't have a bunch of information here either, so it's hard. Oh, I'll go with, I'll go with, um, does your player shoot or catch left? Look up their elite prospects page. Um, sorry, which one was it? So they 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 shoot or catch left. Uh, I don't remember. They do. Last, but that's yes. Yeah. Do they shoot left? They do shoot left. Okay. Yeah. So, how many players do I have left? I I barely know which way most of these people shoot. All right. Um, is your player on Team USA? Yes. Okay. Um, how many questions do I have left now? You got three questions left. Okay. Uh, was your player a first round pick? No, they were not. Oh no. I I thought I would, you said they were like, no one was a no namer. So I thought maybe it would be one of the higher picks. All right. So I think we're down to Tyler Cleveland, Wyatt Kaiser, I don't remember if Jack Peart shoots left or right. There's also Drew Comesso, the goalie, and two no-name scrub goalies. Uh, I think it's either Cleveland or Comesso due to the fact that you're like, oh, it's only, um, it's only, uh, you know, people who people have heard of. I'm gonna go with is your player Tyler Cleveland? It's not Tyler Cleveland. You got two more questions. Is your player, is your player Drew Comesso? There we go. One for one. Hey. He's getting, getting heated up. Oh, I hate this. This oh, is not fun at all. <laughs> Let's keep going, though. Okay. All right. Oh, we can reduce to five. And we'll see if you can get okay. uh, You can pass a 50% threshold. Um, I did warn you this, this, this. I, you weren't going to like this quiz. I don't like this quiz, hell. Um, but uh, as I said before we started recording, I had six weeks to, to think of the new one, to think of the next one. All right. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, we know. So we set the bar at three. There are five rounds. You're one for one. Uh, and we'll okay, stop nice. as soon as you hit the threshold, if you ever do. Um, okay. All right. Uh, I'll pick the next one. All right. I got the next one. Okay. Uh, is your player on a country that starts with C or S? Yes. All right. So we are, we've got it's either Canada, Czechia, Sweden, or Switzerland. Does your, is your player on a team whose country starts with S? Yes. Nice. All right. So time to immediately close Canon Czechia. I hadn't even finished opening up the S's yet. I don't know why I, I could have gone. Whatever. Anyway. Switzerland. All right. Is your player on Team Sweden? Nah. All right. We're looking at... Oh, wait, wait. There's also Slovakia. I forgot about Slovakia. Fuck. Uh... <laughs> um, that's a lot of S's. All right. So we're either... Slovakia or Switzerland. Um, is your player on Team Switzerland? They are not on Team Switzerland. Okay, we're down to Slovakia. Good thing I remember they exist just in time. All right. Uh, Close call. Notables, notables on Team Slovakia. They have a couple players who were drafted. Uh, Jakub Demek, Martin Kromiak, Samuel Kanazko. Uh, they also have some high-profile prospects in the upcoming draft, like Juraj Slavkovsky, Simon Nemec, uh, one other guy, I don't remember who, uh, even though I have the team in front of me, I know there's a third one. Uh, so anyway, I'm thinking it's probably one of those. And I have, I have four questions left. I'm going to go with, has your player been drafted by, the, by an NHL team? No, they have not. All right. So is your player Juraj Slavkovsky? Very nice. All right. Two for two. Yay. Good shit. We're almost there. All right. Okay. All right, got my next player. All right. Uh, was your player in Group A in this year's tournament? Hold up, I don't remember which which group was which. Group A is Austria, Canada, Czechia, Finland, Germany. Okay, so yeah, they were in Group A. All right. Um, was your player on a team that started with a C? Yes, they were. Is your player on Team Canada? Yes, so that's three questions in. Yeah, let's go. Uh, was, hmm, how can I sort these? Ooh, on Wikipedia, you can sort the different categories in order. That's kind of helpful. One, Spicy. Two, three, four, five, six. Don't mind me, I'm just counting. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Was your player... Drafted by an NHL team uh, who is between the letters of A and F in terms of like Anaheim, Arizona, not the actual Ducks, Coyotes, Sabres name. Uh, yes. So A to F. Their city okay. name. Nice. City slash state. Yeah. All right. Uh, was, is... Is your player? Uh, oh, but now I can't like. Unlike on uh, on sheets, I can't just erase everyone else and make it easier to sort. Hmm. 
was is your player oh this makes things way harder why don't i just go like forward or something <sighs> never think things through was your player drafted <laughs> by a team letters a to c i guess i have to, this is the life i've chosen now <laughs> how unfortunate uh no they were not not a to c all right so we've got either a dallas stars prospect either logan stankoven maverick bork Detroit prospect like Sebastian Cosa or Donovan Sobrango, Xavier Bur- Xavier Burgo of the Oilers or Justin Sordif of Florida. These are our six. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Is your hmm? Ooh, how many of these were first round picks? Oh yeah, that that splits it evenly. Was your player a first round pick? Nope. All right, so you got Stankoven, Sobrango, and Sordif. All their names last names start with an I S. Think I think you got two questions left. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so I'll, I guess I I'm better sorry. to start guessing players now. Is your player, is your player Logan Stankoven? There we go. Good shit. Hey. Three for three. A sweep uh-huh. of this. Yeah, I feel like this guess who is easier than normal guess who because I know these are players you handpicked as opposed to something on random.org. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, so that's noted. The feedback is noted on this quiz uh, and that it will never reappear again. Um, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> You weren't lying. That was balls. Uh, that was that was perhaps worse than that I expected. Um, but uh, it was, this worked better in my mind. I don't even know why. Uh, all right. So uh, hopefully that will help you next week, though, for our Guess Who segment. Um I, I somehow I doubt it will, but you know, you never know. And <laughs> yeah, and if you do know. win, you know who I'm sending you that wink right now, that PK Subban wink. Oh yes, um, of course. That uh, if you do manage to win next week, you know who to thank. You know who to you know send half your your guess who trophy to. Um. So yeah, we we shall see. Well, you know, all those times you've won guess who are because of me too, and how I'm just really bad at the game. So you have me to thank as well. <laughs> i'm very grateful for that uh i i uh yep i i thank my uh thank my stars every three weeks all right uh so yeah that's is there anything else you want to add before we call it an uh, episode this week do we want to pick a team to watch this week ah uh, yes all, all right, right. Let's, so let's, let's, let's let's who's not covid ravaged yeah um, let us uh, let us see a question uh, one can ask there is one game tomorrow that's not postponed, which is Oilers versus Rangers. Uh, we haven't done either one of those yet, have we? Uh, I don't think, no. Have we, I've, have we done Oilers week? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I feel I, like we've seen them a bunch of times. Maybe we haven't done yeah, them week. Yeah, I've, I, I think you're right. I don't think we have. So, And you know what? If, we, if we're repeating Oilers week, whatever. The Oilers are fun. Uh, and they okay, kind of yeah. aren't they doing badly now? And they are scheduled to play. Um, oh, they are not. There's only scheduled for two games this week that aren't postponed. That might be as good as we get though. And we're busy anyway, so do you want to just do the Oilers? We'll watch their two games: one tomorrow, and one on Wednesday night. All right. Uh, which teams are they playing? They're playing the Rangers and the, the Rangers Bengals. and okay. the Leafs. All right. Cool. Um. So uh, that sounds good. You know, always. Don't need an excuse to watch uh, Connor McDavid, um, but when there is an excuse, I'll take it. Uh, and yeah, they've been two six and they're two. They've lost eight of the last ten. 
according to these standings. So uh, they have wow. sucked shit recently. And uh, Mike Smith injured again. He came back two games. It was terrible for my fantasy team. Uh, and then he's out day to day. So we'll see what's up with that. Um, who knew relying on Koskinen and Smith wasn't going to work out in the long run. Uh, but uh, that's that's one narrative to follow for the Oilers. Who knows? Maybe Koskinen will get two shutouts this week. I mean, maybe. I guess that is technically within the realm of possibility. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week with uh, Oilers talk and with a guess who. We haven't picked what team yet, but we'll we usually pick that later on in the week anyway, and it'll su- surprise, depending on, you know, what's in the news this week. That's usually how we base our selection. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us each on Twitter, at Taisefu and at Alex's New Handle. And that's it for this week. Have a have a merry 2022. We hope it's off to a satisfactory start. The end. 